1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Full Press NHL podcast. I'm your host and the voice of Full Press Hockey, Jim Berringer. Back alongside Fox NHL media analyst, Bruce Zeman. Bruce, welcome back, buddy.
0: Jim, thank you for having me on the show. Today, we've got a lot of hockey to talk about. Playoffs, best time of year.
1: It is the best time of year, but it's sometimes the worst time of year. Especially if you're a New Jersey Devils fan. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Last night was a pathetic effort in game four of a Stanley Cup playoff game in round two. Embarrassing, pathetic. A lot of guys don't need a shower. And very hard to watch. Disheartening. And it looked like last year.
0: Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, You know, there are are so many areas that we're going to break this down. I'm not really sure where you want to start, but um it was it was not a good effort uh games one and two were not a good effort either and uh you know they're other than that one game they're getting blown out in the series and embarrassed
1: yeah I mean you can't be giving up six five six goals a game and then you score eight goals and you give up four and your goaltending doesn't even look great in game three and you know there was no effort they just stopped it was a carbon copy of Game two, where the Devils look great for the first 10 minutes. You get the first goal. In game two, they didn't. But then after immediate timeout, here come the Hurricanes, the four check, locking down the neutral zone, not allowing the Devils to do anything. And I noticed this in the regular season, and we talked about it. The Devils had a hard time adjusting. The team's playing physical against them, locking up the neutral zone. They didn't really know what to do. Guys are trying to do too much. And then it just snowballs. Once the other team gets momentum, they just, they just zone out and they don't want to play. And it went from 1-1 to 5-1 real quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really did. And, you know, I, I think we have to, at the beginning, if we're taking a look at this series, you know, I, I think that the Devils played terrible in the first two games of the Rangers series as well. And I know you and I were kind of joking as we were texting back and forth that, okay, you know, we, we got the first two lousy games out of the way. They played better in, in game three. Uh, it's obviously not good that you're giving up three shorthanded goals. That's definitely a cause for concern. But, um, you know, like you said, uh, it went from 1-1 to 5-1 in about five minutes. And that is, that's, that's definitely not good.
1: No, and they were in the game. And and the worst thing is, is I look back to game three of that Rangers series and they didn't press the puck. If it wasn't there, the puck just went in. They went to go do a battle. If they didn't get a shot, so what? They didn't get frustrated. Here they're getting frustrated. They're not winning puck battles along the wall. They're getting beaten by a team that's been here before. Let's be honest. The Devils really not supposed to be here. There's no expectations. But you have to show up and compete. And they didn't show up and compete in the first two games. They didn't show up and compete in game four. And that's a problem.
0: Well, there's a couple things here, Jim. First of all, um, you and I were talking about this the other night um, via text. You know, the Devils were not expected to be doing this year what they're doing. They had a fantastic regular season and there are going to be growing pains. But here's the thing you get to a point where the expectations increase. Okay. You haven't been relevant for a decade. You're now in the playoffs. The fan base expects you to show up. They expect you to play hard. They expect you to compete. And just like the Rangers were criticized by their fans, rightly so for the end of that first series, you know, other than a little bit of a, other than a little bit of a period in game three, um, Carolina has dominated this entire series and you know there's reasons that we can look at for what that is but you're 100% right I mean um yes you're playing with quote-unquote house money because they're not supposed to be this good but you're here and now you have a fan base that expects you to start winning and show up I mean the, the you know the the eight or nine years where you weren't really expected to do anything that's gone now that's over And, I mean, you can call out a whole number of players um, that just, like you said, you know, and that was from a Scotty Bowman speech back in 94, 95. Um, I mean, that that was a, let's let's call it, what is, that was a brutal loss last night. Brutal. Oh, that was a brutal loss. I mean, and
1: they tested Frederick, Frederick Anderson early on, but then it just stopped. And this was the big thing I saw in the Rangers series, and I'm seeing it again here. Guys are missing opportunities to shoot the puck. We're trying to overpass the east west stuff instead of going north and south. Throw the puck on net. Look at the first goal. Four check hard, turnover, March shoots, and Jack Hughes deflects it in, and it goes past Frederick Anderson. You could say Freddie should have stopped that. Okay, that's fine. It just went, it's a nice deflection. But where was that the rest of the game? It's like once they got pinned in, they let Carolina dictate, and this isn't the team that everybody saw in game seven or game five where they locked it down, this looks like the team from last year where it's like, okay, well, we're losing. I guess we're just going to be satisfied with losing. When all year we've seen this team come back from deficits that, you know, the last game of the regular season, down 4-1, come back and get the overtime point, and, and you get extra points, and you get home ice. This team has been non-existent in this series, and they're just letting Carolina walk all over them.
0: Well, you know, Jimmy, there's, there's, there's so many different areas that you can criticize them for. And, and I think that criticism is warranted in this case. Even when they were losing 6-1 last night, I expected the third period to be uh, a lot more contested. I thought it would be a lot more physical, and they really didn't do anything, uh, which to me is extremely concerning. As a fan, it was disheartening. I mean, I didn't expect they were going to win that game being down five goals, but I thought they'd get a couple. I thought that you'd have maybe somebody try to step something up as Jacob Truba did for the Rangers at the end of the, you know, that series. But, um, you know, I try to look at as an analyst, I try to look at some positivity to take out of that game. There was nothing positive to take out of that game whatsoever. Zero,
1: nothing positive. You can't even say, oh, yeah, you know, they played well. If they had built something in the third period, okay, you got a couple of goals, you make it 6-3, maybe you make it 6-4, then you, start to, then you start to give Carolina questions to think about. But you, like you said, power play, you can't give up three shorthanded goals. You know, they gave up three shorthanded goals in the regular season of Carolina. I think they gave up four, actually. And you give up three more in the playoffs. It continues over. Like, they just continuously let Carolina beat them up. And don't forget. The Devils won the season series over Carolina, but coming into this series, it didn't matter because Carolina's beat them in every other playoff series they've been in except 2001, and that was the year the team went back-to-back Stanley Cup finals. And you could start and you analyze it. Like you said, the Rangers fans have every reason to criticize their players. Well, the Devils fans have every right to criticize their top players because they're just not showing up.
0: Well, Jimmy, what I'm going to talk about now is something I've been talking about for three years, maybe more Mm. than that. Okay, here's the thing. You have a core of players that are young players, Nico, Jack Hughes, some of the other players. Um, They're they're young, okay? One of the things that they, and maybe if you want to point some criticism, maybe some of the, maybe Dougie or maybe Andre Palat you know, should be showing up more. I mean, again, we don't know what's going in the room, going on in the room. Okay. But here's the thing. And I've said this for three years. If as a Devils fan, you really care about this team. And and I don't know if you disagree with me, but I don't think you do, but watching this series, if you are a Devils fan and you don't think that Scott Stevens should be on that bench in some capacity, then you don't know enough about this team to understand where it's headed. Because this would never happen with Stevens behind the bench. Never. Ever. Would never happen.
1: This team would never quit. There would be no quitting. There would be no sulking of heads. Guys wouldn't be putting their heads down, wouldn't be complaining, any of that stuff. Stevens would kick them in the butt and make sure that this team would compete every night. And I totally agree. I think Scott Stevens needs to be in the room. I think he needs to be on the bench. Lin, like you can play Monday morning quarterback all you want about game four, about who should have started, when the timeout should have been taken. It doesn't matter. They needed to have somebody on that bench to calm things down when things started to go bad when Carolina made it 2-1 because from there they just let it snowball, and Stevens would have been the guy to do it.
0: Well, and, and again, it's not even necessarily kicking them in the butt. What it is, is is having someone that's a calming presence to say, listen, you know, I've been there before, you know, this happens sometimes. I mean, the devils have faced adversity. I mean, we, how many times did we see under Larry Robinson, you know, or even someone like him who calmed things down? There was a, I can't remember what year it was, but the series against the Flyers, they were down three to one. And uh, I believe it was Larry Robinson. He kind of calmed things down, but my my God, these, these are young players, 23, 22 years old. I mean. I, and so let's look at the golden goaltending for a second. All right. That's been a mess. Okay. I mean, a Schmidt is 22 years old. All right. He's a kid, All right? You're going to have growing pains and everything, but and, and having growing pains on the biggest stage in the league, that's tough to have. You need to have somebody that'll come over to him and, and say, all right, calm down. We got this. I mean, honestly, Jimmy, and you and I were talking about this last night. I have no idea who you started in net. Tomorrow night, I, I I might start McKenzie Blackwood in that in that game if he's healthy.
1: I would. I mean, why not? You're down three one, and that it was. It was the Flyers two thousand. Larry Robinson, I will never forget it. And everybody can go to my Twitter page at Jim Berenger. I put the clip up multiple times. Larry Robinson said it best. Guys think they know what they want to do. They don't listen to coaches. You know, he basically kicked the team in the butt because they didn't listen. They went rogue. And they went down 3-1 to the Flyers. And then they came back. The yeah, goaltending think- is a mess. The goaltending is a mess. The thing is, Carolina is exposing it now. Yeah. And New Jersey, and we thought it was settled with Vanacek and Schmid. And you can argue what they did down the stretch trying to play all three guys. Might have hurt him a little bit. It doesn't matter. He didn't make the big save when the team needed to. The timely save. That's what you're seeing throughout the rest of the playoffs goaltending isn't killing other teams it might kill the Oilers because their defense isn't that great but when the goalie needs to be called upon the save is made Vanacek hasn't done it Schmidt's getting I don't know left out in the woodshed to get taken everywhere I mean they're leaving them out to dry all the time so might as well go with Blackwood what what do you have to lose in an elimination game
0: I I don't know. And, um, you know, again, you don't have a stabilizing force. I mean, if I'm being honest with you and I, you know, I'm trying to be objective here, but you know, and we don't know what's going on in the room. So maybe some of the veterans have stepped up uh, and tried to calm things down. But I mean, this is really, the expectations are increased, not um, not only in the room, but also by the fans. I mean, you know, if, if, they're, if they lose this series, they go out in five or six games and they play well, well, it's a growing – I mean, they have not played well. This, this has not been a good series. And, and boy, you know, I, I hate to even put this out there. If Gerard Gallant can get fired for what happened to the Rangers, that definitely has to be something that's talked about because Lindy Ruff did a great job in the first series. He has not done a good job here.
1: But he, to be honest, Lindy Ruff, to me, yes, he did a great job and he adjusted a little bit but he hasn't really adjusted all that well during the regular season either. And David Severson said it, right? There was no pushback. And I, sitting there watching the games and watching all these games, when the Devils were rushing the puck up with the defenseman behind them, they were able to generate offense in the zone. They're trying to stretch pass. That can't work. Carolina's taking that away, but they continue to go to it. And it doesn't make sense. And, yes, Lindy Ruff can get fired. Lindy Ruff also cannot get an extension because he's in the final year of his contract. So they may not even bring him back. Who knows what they want to do, but what we do know is that the devils may have to address goaltending in the summer.
0: I think, I definitely think they're going to have to do that. And we had talked in a previous episode about bringing in, you know, a veteran netminder, you know, AKA Jonathan quick, um, you know, Braden Holpe or, or some of those other players that you could, you could lean on, right? They don't have anybody like that. I mean, Vanacek was 33-11-4 in the regular season with a 2.5 goals against average. He has not looked good in the playoffs. No. I mean,
1: do you think what they did the regular season, trying to rotate all these guys in might have hurt him a little
0: bit? You know, I I think it may be a case. It it could also be a case of growing pains. I mean, Vanacek never had a season like this either. You know, and you're going from, you know, playing 20-30 games with the Capitals to now being the main guy. And, you know, realizing what it takes to win. I mean, the Devils, to a a little bit of a lesser extent, had this back when Marty was, you know, raising the prominence. But, um, I mean, you've had – this has really kind of been a mess since we had the whole Corey Crawford situation, and that didn't work. And then, I I, I mean, so I was trying to think before we were preparing for this segment, like, who you would potentially bring in. And – I, I mean, you're not going to be able to do it without spending some significant money. Um, but maybe that's what you have to do to to get to that next step. Because, I mean, if they lose this series, and I think they're going to, I, I think that goaltending is definitely one of the areas that you can look at. Is it what cost them? Just like it wanted for them in the previous series.
1: Well, there's a name that potentially could be out there because he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, and that's Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. Is that a name that they go after?
0: Well, Bobrovsky's name was out there too earlier this season because he's getting paid $10 million, and all of a sudden he's kind of recaptured lightning in a bottle. I mean, you know, you don't win in the playoffs without a goaltender that's hot. We've seen that with Marty, you know, the years the Devils won the Cup, and even, you know, 2012 he played really well. Um, it's going to cost you some money, and I, I think they really have to – you know, this tri-headed goalie tandem it, it doesn't seem to work, but right now, I mean, who would you start in net? Tomorrow night, I might go Blackwood. I might go Blackwood
1: if he's healthy, because you know what, the other two guys have been getting lit up. Give give him a different look. Why not? But they got to keep things.
0: I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, all good, Bruce. Just keep things simple. If it's not there, so what? Don't get frustrated. Maybe it'll come. Maybe it'll open up. But they got to go work and they got to compete. And maybe you start Blackwood because why not you've tried you've had this three-headed monster all year and guess what sometimes if you have three goalies you got no goalies like if you got two quarterbacks you got no quarterbacks so i think new jersey definitely has to address that situation this summer
0: yeah and i mean again for for blackwood this could be this last start of his devils career i mean if he doesn't play well uh, i thought prior to this that they might move him during the summer but, you know, who knows? I mean, it's definitely, like you said, Carolina has clearly exposed this. And something else to me that I think they've exposed is, you know, I, I, I hate to say it this way, but I, I think there is a, a lack of leadership right now um, uh, from the older players. I don't, I don't mean Nico and, and Jack, because, they, you know, listen, they're young players and, and I get that. But this is where you need. And again, another name we mentioned during the during the you know, trade deadline, I've always thought that the devil should have gone after uh, Milan Lucic, or or someone like that. He would he would you know or I mean think about some of the players the Devils got rid of that could certainly use right now. Wayne Simmons, all right. Brian Boyle. I mean they're older now, but I mean they don't have anybody like that right now. No, and and you expect
1: to, those guys to lean on a guy like you know Pelad or Hala, guys that have been there before and gone through the trials and the adversity. You know Damon Severson even said last night this was embarrassing. This is not the way we're supposed to play. And, you know, he's frustrated with losing, and you could see it. This team just didn't show up and perform, and and that's a problem. And I agree, they did expose leadership. You know, Nico's saying all the right things post-game, and he's trying his best out there. But the rest of this top guys are just not showing up. I mean, Jesper Brad has one goal. It's an empty netter. Yeah, he's got several assists, but he's been MIA. He hasn't really had a great postseason. Nico really hasn't had a great postseason. Yeah, Jack Hughes is doing what he's doing but there's, you need your top guys to score. And if they're not scoring, you got to figure out a way to generate offense because Carolina is because they're missing two of their top guys, three of their top guys, and they're getting action from their defense and they're figuring out ways to score goals.
0: Well, and again, the big free agent acquisition too. Timo Meyer, he, he's, he's got two points. He's got a goal and an assist in 10 games. That's not what they brought him here for. So is there a a silver lining to, you know, a a series like this? Maybe they get him for less money because he has not shown up in the playoffs.
1: Maybe the things will change because if they go out like this, maybe they're going to have to realize maybe the way the roster is constructed, they're going to need a little bit more grit and sandpaper down the end. And their defense is going to have to get better. And their leadership is going to have to get better. I mean, look, it's amazing. The fact that Carolina was held to about, three goals a game against the Islanders, but the Islanders had better goaltending and better defense because that's their MO. The Islanders just can't score. New Jersey is a run and gun team, but the problem is you can't play that way in the playoffs.
0: No. And the Devils have also had problems this season against teams with speed. And and to me, the biggest concern, Jimmy, in, in this entire equation is that they are doing this to the Devils with missing their best two or three players. I mean, so if that doesn't motivate you, I mean, I, I don't expect New Jersey to win this series, but I certainly hope that they come out angry tomorrow night. I, 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 I would think that they need to make that very unpleasant for Carolina. I mean,
1: they better come out with a statement like the Devils in 2000 did in game five against Philadelphia, where they put the game away within the first 10 minutes. I mean, it wasn't even close game five in 2000, the Eastern Conference final. New Jersey came out and bang, bang, bang. The game was over. I mean, it's, that was a different offense and a different team. But, man, you got to make a statement early. you got to come out and you got to score. And you got to show Carolina this isn't going to be an easy series. You're not winning. Now, granted, the Devils are 3-11 in Carolina in the playoffs. Two of those wins came in 2001. The last win came in 2009. So it's not an easy place to play for New Jersey, but they better show up and they better come ready to play or else they're going home.
0: Well, and they played very well on the road, you know, uh, all season. I, I honestly don't know what to expect tomorrow night, because if this didn't embarrass them, I, I don't know what will. I mean, really, they are getting, and I, you know, I, I've told you this before. I, I'm not really a huge fan of social media because, you know, you could win 10 nothing and people will be unhappy about something. They'll be unhappy about the, the carpet in front of the players. <laughs> but here's the thing, just like the Ranger fans just, killed their team after they lost to the Devils. The Devils fans are doing that, and, and it, is, it is deserved as the way they played in this series so far.
1: Yeah, but you can agree. You can nitpick things in an 8-4 <clears throat> win when you give up three shorthanded goals. It's not like they dominated the game and went away winning 8-2. They let Carolina back in the game, and you gave up three shorthanded goals, and your goaltender didn't stop shots He should have stopped. That's why you can criticize things
0: Mm, in a win. Well, they've given up 21 goals in four games. I mean, that's not good enough. Not good enough. You're not going to win in a men's league if you give up goals. No,
1: absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the the joke is, you know, (laughs) the running joke is around the house is, you know, Jimmy needs to go suit up and play for New Jersey and show him how it's done. Like Tom Fitzgerald, call me up. I'm ready to go to Carolina tomorrow. Put the gear on. And play. Hey,
0: listen. Back in the day, I thugged it up from time to time. You Get me on there. I'll take care Yo, of get you.
1: Get Zeman. We'll get Mark
0: Whitekoff in there. We'll get the whole. We'll get the
1: reunited line. But no, all seriousness, it, like, I agree. If this didn't embarrass it, you enough or motivate you enough to come out and play a great game five, then I don't know what will. Because look what Dallas did to Seattle in game four. They tied their series up. They made life difficult. They came out and said, okay, you're going to beat us 7-2. We're going to beat you 5-2. Like, we're going to come out and beat you up, and we're going to tie the series. New Jersey, you had an opportunity to change momentum, and you score early, and then you just went away.
0: Well, again, the expectations have changed now, and I, and I don't know if that – I don't know if they get that yet. You, you are expected to, to – the, the fans expect you to play hard and show up. You know, if it's a 4-3 overtime loss or you get a bad bounce or, def, or deflection – It happens. You know, it's I think it's the hardest sport there is. But when your own players, your captain and your fans are saying that you didn't show up, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. And even Lindy Ruff said it. It's like, okay, you guys didn't we didn't play hard enough. We didn't play well. You know, we got to play our best game next time. He's seeing things on on the ice where guys are going rogue. You know, they're not, they're wheeling around the zone, trying to exit too early. Guys are just all over the place. That can't happen. Like not at this time in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. And yes, he even said maybe success. They don't know how to handle success just yet. The expectations are there for you to compete. Yeah, maybe you don't win. But if you lose in six games and you played well, that's one thing. You lose in five games and you get blown out, that's a different thing. And the Rangers had expectations to go back to the Eastern Conference Final with the players that they acquired. Maybe they were the wrong kind of players, but they had expectations to go back. And they ran into a team that was faster than they were. And New Jersey is finding out that Caroline has been here before. They know what it takes, and they're getting a lesson in what playoff hockey is.
0: Well, going back to what we talked about before, who would would be able to help them understand that? Scott
1: Stevens, Here you go. That's it. I mean, look, I agree. I think Stevens would be great in the room. You get Salvador in there. You get all the all the guys back in there to teach them. Hey, you got to understand, it's not going to come easy. Even with like Lindy Ruff today was saying, yes, for got to understand that he just can't shoot from the outside and expect goals to go in. He's got to get in there, and muck it up a little bit. It goes off a leg. It goes off something like you you saw when Taylor Hall for the Bruins, because you're up that way, he had an empty net goal, a quote-unquote meaningless goal in game two in a loss against Florida in the first round. That got him going. Like, it got Andre Pollock going. Like, those things aren't meaningless when you start, when you get goals. But he's not doing anything. And that could affect his contract status.
0: Uh, and again, I mean, you're, you're going to, I I hate to phrase it this way. I mean, it's fantastic that they had the great regular season. It really is. And they did ex- exceed expectations, but the regular season doesn't mean anything. It's the playoffs. And, you know, up here, the Bruins are still getting killed for, you know, what happened against Florida. And, you know, as happy as I am that the Devils had a great regular season, um, I, I actually, I did it. I thought they were going to beat Carolina. I, I did. I thought they would beat Carolina, but. Um, I'm not going to be disappointed in the season they had. I'm going to be disappointed in the way they played in the series that ended the season.
1: Yeah, that's where a lot of people are going to be disappointed. It's not going to be disappointment in the season. It's going to be how it ended. And the Bruins, let's face facts, you and I both said it, if they didn't make the Stanley Cup final or win, it was a disappointment. And the fact of the matter is they should have won that series in five games and they didn't do it. And defensively, their lapses and the mistakes that they made cost them that series.
0: Yeah, I mean they did not they did not play well defensively in that series. They've got some you know decisions to make. I mean, I I think that for the Devils, I think this offseason, because I do expect this series to end in five or six games. I think they may win tomorrow night. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't know. You know who knows? I prove me wrong. Come out. You know they had that stretch earlier this this season where they won what, 11 games in a row, it's thirteen definitely- games in a row. They won. All right, 13. So it's possible, and that is what they should be saying. That's what a Scott Stevens would be saying in a locker room to calm things down. But they have to take it a period at a time, play good for 20 minutes. Because in that last game, you paid good for 10 minutes. That's all they did, 10 minutes. And Carolina
1: minutes. is showing you that you have to play good for 60 minutes to win a mm-hmm. hockey game,
0: maybe more. Well, and so, you know, if Tom Fitzgerald is listening to this or hears about it, here's what I think you need to do. I think you need to somehow whether you make him an assistant coach or or whatever you got to do, you need to get that guy back in this franchise on the bench because it is costing you not having him there. And I I don't know how you can make it any more apparent by the fact that what what has gone on in this series. I mean, let's be honest, Jim, it's been hard to watch. Hard to
1: watch is an understatement. I mean, look, it, it was hard to watch last year. And like I said off the top, it looked like last year, last night, where they just gave up. They didn't play. Four goals in five minutes and twenty seconds ended the game and possibly the series. I mean, think about that. They were it was one one, then it was two one. Okay, fine. But then it became three, one, four, one, five, one, just like that. And it can't happen. And after a timeout, they gave up a goal. I mean, and you can argue the timeout should come out of two one or whatever. It doesn't matter. They just didn't show up to play. And the third period was even worse because they just quit and they didn't even try. And they just let Carolina just lock up the neutral zone and they didn't even have that many shots. They didn't test Frederick Anderson. And yeah, Frederick Anderson's a good goalie, but like any good goalie, you can get to him if you shoot the puck and they're not shooting the puck enough. It just was an embarrassment and it just all went downhill real quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, what bothered me more than than a second period with the five goals was really just that nothing happened in the third period. They had, they had five shots on goal. How do you I, – I, I was thinking to myself, let's win the period, right? Let's score a couple of goals, make it competitive, maybe have a scrap or two to – nothing, nothing. They folded and went away, and they basically said the game was over at
1: 6-1. And it was like, that was yeah. it.
0: I mean, I love this team. I've been a fan since they moved here in 82. But I think if you're an analyst, you have to call. I mean, this was, this was not a good effort. And, and so let me put this to you. If, if they lose this series in, in, in five games, do you bring Lindy Ruff back? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, from a
1: fan side, I have not been a fan of his since they announced the hiring of Lindy Ruff. I don't think he's a great playoff coach. From an analyst side, he's done great things. But again, his adjustments, in-game adjustments, what are they doing? But again, who are you going to get that's better? Are you going to try to get Brunette the guy? Do you bring in Stevens? Like, what are they going to do for the next coach? How do they, the system, what do they do? Or do they bring somebody up? Do they bring a Kevin Denine up? But I think they really have to look at coaching because the adjustments that teams are making on them especially good teams, they take away that neutral zone and their speed doesn't work and they're not learning or figuring out how to break it. And that's a problem.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, it's, there's, there's so many, you know, there's so many aspects of this to look at. And again, you know, there were rumblings in, in the press. This is, you know, months ago. I think it was actually at the beginning of the season that the Devils had talked to some other coaches and they just quite frankly, didn't want to pay for them. So if that's the case, that's a problem. If that, if that's true, you know, there were some rumblings that they talked to. I think there were rumblings they had talked to Gerard Gallant and Peter Laviolette, and they just didn't want to pay them. Okay. Well, do you want to win? If you want to win, then you're going to have to spend some money on a good coach. I mean, I, I don't know who you, you bring in at this point because there has been some talk of Joel Quenneville coming back, although he's rumored to be going to the Rangers. Um, You know, his track record is that he's not really good with young players. I I mean, I don't know. I I don't know who you would bring in to, to take that next step because whoever that is, has got to be good with younger players.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's where you have to look at former players, especially like a Stevens or a Bryce Salvador, somebody that's played in the league before and has been in this position. Because let's face facts, outside of nineteen ninety nine, Lindy Ruff's track record in the playoffs has not been great because of Dominic Koshik was his goaltender. Uh and you know, the Sabres, yeah, they had some nice runs, but they always fell short. They fell short to Carolina, they fell short to Ottawa, they just really couldn't go over the hump. And I'm not saying that's Lindy Ruff, but again, a lot of it is coaching. And it's like in New York, I'll say this was the reason Gerard Gallant fired because you know, he didn't get the job done and the team had expectations. Yeah, it's part of it. But it's also part that the top players didn't show up. Yeah, and the old guard, you know, in regards to younger players, not putting them in a position to succeed. We saw that with Darryl and Calgary. But again, the onus has to be on the player to force the organization's hand to play you in that position, as Jim Neal of the Dallas Stars said. That's why Wyatt Johnson is playing where he's playing. It's not because... Oh, you know, well, we got to put him there. No, he forced their hand in training camp and said, okay, you're going to be on this team. So Alexis Lafreniere and Capo Caco, yes, you want more ice time. Yes, you want to be on the power play. Well, guess what? You got to show us that you need to be there. But again, the coaching, the adjustments, they, the Rangers catered to Patrick Kane when he came in and it threw the entire team off.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if, if, I, if someone put me on the spot right now, and I did, an, I did another segment earlier today on our sports station up here, and they said, what will you do? If someone, you know, said, listen, you need to make a decision right now, what I would do is I would make next season, I would have Andrew Brunette as a coach, I would have Scott Stevens on the bench, and if I could get him, and I, I don't know, I have no idea if he's even interested, you know who else I would put on that bench? Scott Niedermeyer.
1: That's not a bad idea. Again, it's if he's interested. Does he right. want to leave Anaheim? No, he loves it out in California. So I don't know. Does he really want to travel that much? I'm not really sure what he wants to do, but that would be a good hire. I would say Bryce Salvador if you couldn't get uh, Niedermeyer.
0: Well, and again, you know, I mean, you've got a guy who is runner up for Coach of the Year, and you've got two Hall of Fame defensemen who really, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, in my line of work, being in the radio, okay? With somebody like, I'm just making this name up, like a Casey Kasem or a a Harry Harrison or somebody like that, you just shut up and you listen to what they say because they're better than you are. And there is no one on the Devils, Jack Hughes included, who can hold anything to either Stevens or Niedermeyer right now in their career. So, and I think that would be reassuring. I think it would kind of stabilize things and you would bring in a championship pedigree to an organization that hasn't done anything since 2012. I mean, Make and they happens. lucked
1: in. And they lucked into 2012. Like, let's be honest. They did. Like, they got to a Stanley Cup final because the Flyers beat up the Penguins. The Flyers, you know, did what they did. They took care of Philadelphia. They needed seven games to go past Florida in the first round, even though everybody thought it was going to be a cakewalk. And they beat the Rangers. And, again, if an overtime game goes here and there against the Kings, and it, maybe it's a different series and you have a Stanley Cup. But it didn't. And this team – it's so all well and good. You're a year ahead of schedule, growing this, that it doesn't matter when you flat out get embarrassed.
0: Now there's a difference between growing pains and just not showing up. And somebody needs to, somebody needs to say something in that locker room and you know, who knows? I mean, like if, if Nico comes in and they blow them out seven to one tomorrow night, you and I are having a different conversation um, about how they were able to dig down deep. But I You know, I've been following this team for 40 years, and I didn't see anything in that game last night that gave me the confidence that they're going to come out and win that game tomorrow. And I'll tell you, I truly hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be. I
1: don't think you're going to be wrong either. I think the series is over on Thursday night in Carolina. I just, nothing in game four in the third period showed me this team was willing to do what it takes to climb out of a hole.
0: Well, if they do win you know, tomorrow night in Carolina, I think that definitely changed things. But, but to me, I also think as silly as this might sound, I think it depends on the way they win. You know, if they, uh, if they're, you know, if they get by two to one in overtime or three to two in overtime, I still think Carolina, Carolina is going to win this series. But if you come out and you blow them out seven to one and you, you know, you're leaving carnage on the ice, it's a different story because, you know, you win one game at a time. It's just, I found it as a fan, I found it so disheartening the way that that game went yesterday. It was really, it was upsetting.
1: Yeah, it was very, very upsetting. I mean, you just so crazy to think that a team that's played so well, that played so dominant in two games, in games five and seven against the New York Rangers, and the way they just climbed out of that series, and then the, the way this series is going, you just think to yourself, this can't be the same team. Where did the team that we saw all year go? and yes, they're running into a team that is pro- is definitely better than they are, and, but, and has been there before, but this New Jersey team has shown they can play with anybody in the league, and they're just not doing it. And if you look around the playoffs, you see teams that are competing every night. Seattle's not going away. Vegas is playing the way they're playing. Yeah, Edmonton has issues, but they don't go away. Dallas is playing hard. Florida's playing hard. I mean, the only other team that maybe isn't playing up to expectations Toronto Maple Leafs because it's the same script with them. It's like their top players go away when, when the bright lights are on and things are tough.
0: Man, I'll tell you what I disappointed about how the the devils are playing, but my goodness, I can only imagine how Maple Leafs fans feel right now. Goodness gracious. What do you do there? I think changes are going to come because if changes didn't happen
1: last year, after losing a seven-game series to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, look what Florida did after being swept to the Tampa Bay Lightning last year and the changes that they made. I think Toronto will have to make changes if they get swept. I mean, it, it, Dubas doesn't have a new contract. Do you change the coach? Do you change your core? Do you try to change something up? They brought in the players. It's all well and good when you bring in those players, the Ryan O'Reillys, the, the Charis, Luke Shentz. But when Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares have zero goals in the series, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in that series, all the games have been close. I mean, the Panthers lead 3-0, but they won the first game 4-2, and then the second game 3-2, and the game three was 3-2 in overtime. And, you know, and I saw some of that game, and the Maple Leafs played better in that. But again, you know, you got to deliver. I mean, this team is made for the playoffs, and it was funny because when I was when the Devils got by the Rangers, there was a lot of fans, and you know, again, take what you want or say what you want about social media. I mean, there was a lot of fans that were looking past um, Carolina, ready to maybe a matchup with the Maple Leaf, which is always a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> you can look past anywhere, but um, uh, you know, boy, I, I mean, there, there were people panicking after they lost that first game. I have a lot of friends that are Maple Leafs fans, and like, here we go again. Well. I mean, I, I don't know what you do there. I mean, there were rumblings about Dubas and the coaches, like you had said. But, I mean, at least in those games, you've got three close games. But it's a different story if, you know, Matthews and Tavares and some of the other players, you know, deliver. that. That's really why they're there. Yeah,
1: and the problem is is the Maple Leafs made mistakes and they end up in the back of their net, two goals in 46 seconds in game two. And then no one even covers Sam Reinhardt in the overtime and it's defensive lapses that cost them game three. Yeah. Sergey Bobrovsky is playing like the $10 million man, but still your top players have to score and you got to compete and you got to stop guys and they're not doing it. Now, does, does game four change? I don't know. I personally, to me, this team hasn't really made any changes when they've lost in the playoffs before. I don't expect anything else, but as we've seen with the Devils and other teams, sometimes you do have to shake things up when the roster's just not getting it done.
0: I mean, the question is for the Maple Leafs. I mean, do you make major changes? And I mean, two or you know, even last year, if you even suggested—and again, I, I follow the Maple Leafs and all the teams on on social media—there are people that are actually suggesting trading Austin Matthews. I don't know.
1: I don't think Matt, trading Matthews is the answer. I think, though, you have to look at that core four. And most likely the guy that's probably going to be gone is William Nylander because he's probably priced himself out of Toronto. But, again, are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? If they're going to do it. And, but if they lose in four games, they, may, they have to do something but, because clearly getting out of the first round is just not good enough yeah. because this, it's the same script that went back to years gone by in the playoffs where their top guys just don't even show up.
0: Yeah. And you know, you know, Jimmy, there's other teams that are in that same situation. Like again, uh, I mean, look at Seattle and uh, Dallas. That's a great series. That's two to two. But again, you know, the Oilers are down two to one to the golden Knights. They have got to do something with it. They've got to get that goaltending issue figured out once and forever. I mean, if if Jack Campbell is not the answer, then I think they've got to make a major move there to, to get that fixed. Because you've got Connor McDavid and Drysaddle in their prime. Um, you, you got to get that fixed.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's the reason that they're going to lose the series, is their defense and their goaltending. And how many years have we been talking about that? It's all well and good when your power play's clicking and it's the best in the league. And Drysaddle has 13 goals. And the playoffs last year was led by 13 goals. And he could break records. But if you can't lock down leads and you can't hold leads and teams are scoring at will on your goaltending, can't get a save, you're going to lose. And right now, Bobrovsky and Grubauer are the two best goalies in the playoffs remaining. And probably Ottinger, you can throw him in too. But again, the reason the Oilers lose is their goaltending. And it's the same story for the last five years with that team.
0: Well, I mean, Stuart Skinner has been playing net for a majority of the games of the Oilers. He's four and four to the 3.60 Goals against average. You're not going to win a series giving up three and a half goals a game. Um, even though you've got arguably the two best players in the world, or at least one of them, in Connor McDavid uh, who's got 15 points in nine games, but you got to get someone that's going to lock that down. And, and, and you know, like, uh, like a Martin Brodeur in his prime, like a Dominic Hasek, like a Patrick. Wall. the problem is, is those guys aren't really out there. And if they are, they're going to cost you a ton of money.
1: Yeah, they are, and, and look, Jack Campbell saved the Edmonton Oilers season in round one in game four. Maybe, just maybe, Jay Woodcroft goes back to him again because I think they need something because Stuart Skinner just didn't get a jo- job done in game three. And look, not for nothing, but Darnell Nurse is not a $9 million defenseman. He's not. all over the place. He's out to lunch. He's lead guys wide open in the slot, you know, and mm. – I didn't play hockey at that high a level, but I can tell you when guys are wide open in the slot and you're a defenseman, that shouldn't happen.
0: No, it shouldn't. I mean, so there, you know, there's, the, you know, the Devils aren't the only team in this situation, but I, I think that if you look at every team that's, you know, down in their series, if you take a look at the, you know, the four series, I mean, um, Edmonton is down to the Golden Knights, two to one. We talked about that situation with the goaltending and doing some other things. Seattle and Dallas tied it, 2 That's been a great series. And then, I mean, the Maple Leafs and Panthers, we talked about that. I mean, I expect Florida to close that out uh, tonight. They should. I, they should. And then, you know, you've got uh, the Hurricanes. And, and who knows? I mean, I, I I really, as long as I've been following this team, I really don't know what to expect Um Tomorrow night, I think I think that uh, Carolina will win this series, but who knows? I mean, if you you know, maybe somebody finally gets mad, and maybe you know, maybe Jack has a hat trick tomorrow night.
1: Who knows? And I think that's a great way to end it because that's the the uh, the motto and and the moniker of the Stanley Cup playoffs is who knows? Because from night to night, things change and momentum changes and. It's really a who's who, and it's so wide open right now with the Bruins, the Rangers, the Avalanche, and the Lightning out of it. And look, we could have a Florida Carolina uh, Eastern Conference final, and potentially could have a Vegas and Seattle Western Conference final. Though I think the Oilers will try to do something about that. But effort, compete, defense, and goaltending is the name of the game. In today's episode of the Full Press Editing podcast, it's been Jim Berenger, Bruce Seaman. Thanks, everybody. Thank you again for coming on, Bruce.
0: Thanks for having me, buddy.
1: Guys, enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll be back again real, real soon. Have a good day, everybody.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.